0: Three, two, rolling. What's happening, y'all? Andy and Zach, <laughs> we are broadcasting from Zahn's Brewing here in the nation's Nashville, Tennessee. We're live on the Instagram. For some reason, Instagram crashed. Last right week. Right as I was posting the video, so sorry about that if you like to watch on the Instagram. Uh, but... Andy was just uh, ranting about his uh, work-slash-workout schedule.
1: Well, I I also wanted to mention that I'm drinking a barrel-aged oatmeal stout today. 7%. I have two things to say. The first is I'm drinking a 7%-ish ABV
0: barrel-aged stout. So if Andy is 2.5% more lippy this episode, you know why.
1: Well, and also I'm a little more caffeinated today than usual Oh, boy. I was telling Janine a minute ago that I had a lot of caffeine today, so I am actually feeling pretty energetic. I have, I have the energies. And she told me that you're feeling tired, so if I have to carry this episode, I'm willing and able. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Good. No, I was pontificating off air about how my work schedule is messing with me this week mm. and that my workout schedule is taking the hit. Yeah, I'm wearing my shirt. you looking at my shirt?
0: I was just about to comment like that your jacket and, my shirt and your Andy Van shirt are the same color. So Maybe that was on it's purpose. It's like you, you peeled it off and it was like the exact same color. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute.
1: There's another layer of the exact same slate blue underneath that, too. Yeah.
0: But that I like that slate blue color. I actually have a uh, t-shirt that, that's, that is that color that I love. But your Tennessee orange emblem looks really good on that
1: it does it really pops on the blue now so here's what happened so i bought this shirt and four other work shirts i have five work shirts one for every day of the week imagine that from a company and and i don't get this isn't a promotional thing i don't get money for sponsoring them or whatever but there's a company called logo up l-o-g-o-u-p and they will custom make you know how if you try to order like clothing most of the time, they want you to order like a minimum of like 30 items. I don't need that many, usually. Or like for work shirts, I don't need 30 work shirts. I need like a few. And so these companies would frustrate me when I would go to like try to place a custom order because they were wanting me to place massive orders. Logo Up doesn't do that. They will make whatever you want in whatever quantity that you want. So I have the slate blue. I have a, like, a, like a maroon red. I have a gray, I have uh, like almost like a sandy, like sand dune color, and then this is my least favorite, and here's the irony of it, it's my least favorite, but a lot of my clients is their favorite, a lime green one. Like the kind of lime green, like I'm directing traffic green. Yeah. Yeah. Well, people have no taste these days, Andy. My clients have impeccable taste, they work with me.
0: Uh they got lucky hiring <laughs> you as a trainer, that does not mean that they have uh any sort of fashion sense. Obviously I'm I'm trolling Andy's uh clients here. Oh, they're very I'm, fashionable. And I'm not and I'm not apologizing for it. But uh that does remind me we need A to Z no BS t-shirts.
1: Well, I'm sure that logo up would
0: do two of them for us. I'm thinking we should do some sort of listener contest maybe a little giveaway of some kind
1: well i was gonna say i already know who's gonna win that contest your client tracy she's listening oh, right geez. now and she's probably like fist pumping like it's oh, me. It me i haven't even i haven't <laughs> even
0: come up with any sort of idea what the listenership contest would be but here you are jumping to conclusions
1: well she's listening to all the episodes as far as i know
0: sure okay Sure. We'll well, come up with I like no listen. No listen. I'm sure no matter what the stipulation, no matter what the rules, no matter what the competition is, she is going to win. Probably. <laughs> so, well, I I'm think not... I
1: already owe her something anyway cuz she we said something about this on another a former episode and she messaged me and was like,
0: "It me." Oh, boy. So, I think
1: I already owe her something. I can't remember. I have oh, to go back right. and look
0: at my messages. I think I think you owe her uh, Andy Van shirt. Probably. Some, something like that.
1: Well, I'm working on it. There's a few things I'm working on in the gym space. We don't have to get it. We can get into it if we want to, but we don't
0: have to. Well, here's my vision. A to Z on the front. Okay. No BS on the back.
1: Okay. With a couple of beer glasses and some dumbbells or kettlebells or barbells in there.
0: Uh, sure. Sure. I'm, I'm thinking a little bit more minimalist maybe for our first run. Like literally just text.
1: Oh, no. Let's do it. Let's do it right. I know people that do design work. I mean, we could go to Fiverr, but I also know people who do design work. I mean, I have an artist that's going to do I have to update the audience on my artwork because I got my well, artist in my space last Wednesday
0: okay all so
1: right. and she, so I don't know A couple things. I just
0: listen, I just don't want this this logo job to take another six months. I'm talking about something that we can turn around real fast, but hey don't oh don't, no, don't let me rain on the parade first of all
1: we're fifty four episodes in. We can wait a couple episodes. Second of all, she just moved to Nashville. So here's what she does. She does art. But also when, when she does the artwork, uh, and, and I might correct this later, but as far as I can tell, based on our correspondence, I have the rights to the artwork once she produces it. Mm-hmm. So I can turn it into stickers or I can make right. shirts. Whoa.
0: A to Z no BS stickers?
1: No, get out of here. I have, I have artwork coming into my workspace first. I'm gonna turn that into my t shirt. Dude, I didn't even think about it. So, hold on, wait a second. Because I literally was gonna make shirts for my clients. Yep. And my clients get them for free. You can, you might, I might give you one. We'll think about it. My clients get their shirts for free. But here's the thing I, I am a client,
0: I am an Andy Van client.
1: You're an Andy Van fan, one of many.
0: Honestly, not the not, only one. Now but, I want a shirt that are says... Are you my only, only fan? Honestly, yes. Now, now I want a shirt that says Andy Vans OnlyFan.
1: Only oh, that would be really good.
0: Okay. My wife might let's, fight you for that one, but... Uh, okay, she can. Okay. That's a great
1: t-shirt idea.
0: AndyVansOnlyFan.com. Uh, I already have the domain registered. <laughs>
1: Oh, man, I really should turn that into, like, a like a swag, like, a, uh, merchant site. Okay. Anyway, we'll, we'll shelf that for another time. All right, so I'm going to get shirts made. But my artist is – so she came in last week, and she's going to – here's what she's going to do. Instead of painting my walls, which would be great, but I can't take the walls with me when I leave and migrate into my much larger space, which is my goal for the next iteration, she's going to um, – paint it and do acrylic on like uh, like half inch or quarter inch like MDF or something so I can hang it on the walls and then it can come with me but that said I get the artwork file and I can upload that to logo up and create my shirts for my clients holy hell it's Love weird it. that it took me that long to like put all those pieces together well but I'm a Andy busy man that's so.
0: what that's what uh, this podcast and that alcohol and my my brilliant ideas. before. <laughs> Look
1: at all these brilliant ideas we're coming putting, up with Putting on the fly. all the puzzle
0: pieces together. Yeah. It yeah. just took a little bit of, of shimmying for me to see the big picture. Oh, man. The, the intellectual property uh, opportunities are immense.
1: Okay. I'm really yeah. pumped about this. This is going to yeah. be fun. Yeah. She's going to work my forerunner mm-hmm. into some art. Oh, really? Did, did I tell you what? I That's told super you. nerdy. Did I tell you about my artwork, about
0: what, what's going on my walls? You've told me, but I don't think you've shared with the, the okay, podcast. Okay,
1: so it's really going to be, like, very inside jokey, but I'm going to have three pieces to start, and it should expand to five or six pieces, like, in the end, but three to start. The first one, when you walk in my door, she she is an established artist. She has established artwork that I am using as derivatives of my own. So she's got this one piece of art that's like a like a Blackbird. No, in previous iterations, the Blackbird is um, holding a switchblade in its beak.
0: Oh, I like that. Yeah.
1: So instead of the switchblade, it's gonna be holding a barbell in its beak and it's gonna have a text bubble that says, have you tried being strong? Which is a joke that I'll tell my clients whenever they're wor- they'll be working out with me and they'll be like, oh that was really hard, that was really heavy. Like, man, that was tough. And look, like, have you tried being strong? Uh what kind of bird is this? It's a blackbird. I, I I call it a blackbird. Non-a script. It's not like a cardinal or a bluebird or whatever bluejay. blue jay. It's just like a blackbird.
0: Yeah, you it's could this. call it like the uh the no BS blackbird or mm. the sergeant blackbird. Or like oh. some some kind of like Hard ass nickname for the for the bird.
1: Okay, so oh, Sergeant Blackbird, I like that. All right, so and then the middle piece over the dumbbell rack is going to say Witness this fitness. Now, here's what I'm thinking for the T-shirts: on the front of the T-shirt for my clients, it'll say Witness this fitness, and then on the back side will be the bird with the barbell that says Have you tried being strong? Whoa! I'm glad this is on recording because I would forget about this. Like I don't take notes. So I'm glad that I'm recording this. So so that okay, and then the last piece for now, um, on the far wall. So so on the front wall when you walk in, the bird. Middle wall when you walk in will be witnesses fitness. Far wall will say live laugh lift. Ah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and the live and laugh will be, you know, cutesy cursive like the thing. And then lift, I want it to be like suit like overly masculine or something. I don't know. I'm leaving it up to the artist's interpretation. So anyway, she was she was hanging out with me last week. We did a walkthrough through the space. We talked about it. Later, I'm going to have a banana on the wall. I'm not exactly sure what the banana will be or what it will be doing, but there's going to be a banana. And then there's going to be a sunshine on the wall that says bars, plates, and sunrises. And then on another wall, it'll say bangarang. That's all I got right now. Love that. Yeah, so it's going to be a fun little... Love that, yeah.
0: Well, that'll be an interesting conversation for people who come in for their orientation or for their perspective... Mm. Uh, their you know their uh, their orientation meeting or their prospective clients meeting. You can use that as a jumping-off point for like this is what I. It, it'll be a good way to kind of communicate your style through the artwork. Yeah, you know, it's like
1: it's serious business with a goofy coach.
0: Serious fitness with a goofy coach, and that message will come through loud and clear, both in your personality and in your in your artwork. There's, um, I think I think Andy's ready for another one. You're gonna have another one of those?
1: Uh, no, I'll do the uh, the uh, the unleaded.
0: I was gonna say <laughs> I don't I don't know if you could last another. Forty minutes with that. Um, That one. I've got enough caffeine. I'll have another blog. Thank you.
1: I've got enough caffeine in me to carry me. Um, But I mean, you might be right. Who knows?
0: So there's. um, Well, I'm not going to call anybody out. I'm not going to do that. But I am. I am curious. What would you consider Hmm. your? let's say that you are walking down the street and you peek in through a window of a gym just to see what's going on, Hmm. just to see how things are being run. What are your top, like one, let's just say one to two pet peeves that top your list of things that you see coaches doing or maybe not doing? You poke your head in through the window, and you're like, man, that is a pet peeve of mine. Um, one of these, I think, is universal. Or something that I hate to see.
1: One of them is universal, and one of them is unique. I'm going to say unique to me.
0: Let's start with that one.
1: The unique to me one? mm mm-hmm. um, I don't like militant coaches. Mm, sure. The, the, you know, the... Now, I I know that some people respond well to that. Thank you, Janine. That is really good, by the way. Yeah. I'm going to come back for those. Um, The pet, so the personal pet, again, I I know that some people enjoy, uh, you know, the sort of militant style, you know, barking, screaming, aggressive. It's just not my style. Um, And and I'll I'll, uh, admit this So I was telling Zach off air Because he just walked away I've been telling Zach off air that I have um, Someone who's been shadowing My coaching for the last Couple weeks just like in and out Like a session here and there And um, Oh god I lost my train of thought So yeah so she's been coming Unique pet peeve Talking about sorry you're distracting me by walking around I know Um, I'm sorry. So, uh, militant coaches, cracking the whip, whatever, whatever.
0: Mm -hmm. That's your unique pet peeve? Yeah. Overly militant uh, coaching?
1: Yes. I'm just going to leave it there because I lost my train of thought with my. Maybe I'll think of it, but yeah. What about yours?
0: Well, you're displaying it right now.
1: What, crossing my arms? Crossing your arms.
0: Oh, yeah. And. And I'm displaying it right now. You're eating. Eating.
1: Uh, well, all right. So <laughs> the only thing that I think and this um we can talk about this. I think eating a certain snack, it depends on the snack. Like I'll eat a banana and a protein shake. For some reason I give that a pass because it's quick, it's fast, and I'm coach I'll be coaching for sure. like four or five hours straight. I have to eat sure. at some point. So I'll I'll give my own pass for that. Yeah. Um Fruit.
0: I think fruit gets a pass in pretty much any environment.
1: Right. If you were eating like, if you were like microwaving fish. Well, now now <laughs> here's
0: here's a stereotypical <laughs> example: is your Tupperware of chicken and rice. Right. I made probably my top one of my top five most popular Instagram posts. Uh, goes something like uh, your personal trainer uh, shouldn't A B C. And, like, the last one is uh, eat his uh, lunch of uh, chicken and rice out of a Tupperware or something. Oh, and people love that.
1: So, I agree with you. The, the only reason I give myself the pass is because, like I said, I'll be coaching four or five sessions straight, and I have no break, and I'll have to eat something. A banana is fast, and a protein shake is pretty – and it's, water, like, water and protein mix. Yeah. And it's not like, it's not, it's not like a meal. I'm not like – Right. It's like a takes two seconds to eat kind of thing. Right.
0: And it's you can eat a banana in two minutes. You drink your protein shake intermittently, blah, blah, blah. You're not spending the entire session grazing. Right. So. Yeah.
1: Okay. So. So, and coaches and then eating on the job. I do have another one. Playing on your phone. Now, 100%. the phone thing is only tr- I will give myself only a small bit of grace here. I check my phone to make sure that I don't have any like cancel, late cancellations or people coming in late. But it, oh, sure. it should only take me two seconds, right? Or if someone's like, Hey, I hate this music, like Leah might be like, I need better music, I'll jump on my phone to change the music. But I like being present with my clients, right? Now, you've I don't know if you've noticed this or our audience at large, I have been open in my gym space for going on four whole months, and I have posted zero Instagram stories, posts, whatever about it. Zero. I've noticed. Now... Because
0: I'm trying to get that inside scoop. Right. On what's going on.
1: Well, so it's tricky, right? Like, it's hard to, like, film... But, like, it, it... It goes back to the pet peeve thing. If I were to poke my head into any other gym and I saw a trainer who was, like, more about their social media presence than they were about being present with their clients who were paying them for their time, it would drive me bananas. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so I don't do it. I don't post or I don't film. Now, I've thought about it, but I don't like doing it because I even had Leah, who's probably going to listen. Leah was going to set a PR with her deadlift. I didn't want to film it because I wanted to be present coaching because it was 275 pounds on her deadlift. So another client of mine who happened to be in the room at the time, he filmed it. So I was okay with that because I wanted to see her do the thing. And I didn't want to capitalize on that moment by filming it and posting it to my social media or whatever. So I'm okay with not posting on my social media for my business for now.
0: Yeah, and, yeah, I would say the vast majority of my clients, well, both in person and online, uh, nobody has ever seen, you know, on on oh, the internet.
1: I was going to say, I've never seen any, like, in person <laughs> coaching, but on, like, Instagramming or and,
0: and, to be fair, it's mostly going on in people's, the privacy of their own home. So, that's, you know, that's uh, that's it's a boundary I don't even want to... Uh, I don't even want to broach. I don't even want to bring up to broach. Um, but uh, I mean even, even from there, I don't even have testimonials from the vast majority of like my you know top- performing clients or the clients I've worked with the longest or, or you know any of that stuff. Um, and I think probably something that every coach can empathize with, um, getting testimonials from people. Is might might be the hardest might be the hardest thing that we've ever done as coaches. I, I <laughs> think you're, I, is, it, you're right. Is getting 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 a uh, fill in the blank testimonial, whether you want to say like a comprehensive or
1: two three sentences,
0: two or three sentences, or whatever, getting people to communicate their story in a pithy way whether that's written or whether that's you know on video or whatever oh man it's I would say it's like pulling teeth but there are more dentists who are in business by (laughs) pulling teeth than there are personal trainers who have decent testimonials from clients but that's a whole nother uh rabbit hole that we don't need to uh bitch and moan about but All right, so what, what, what jogged my uh, thought process on that particular line of conversation was <clears throat> I was actually uh, walking to get some coffee today and uh, passed by um, a big open window of a personal training studio. And the trainer in question was hands awesome. folded and leaned up against the wall.
1: So, I have a story about this.
0: And, you know, I'm not one to throw shade. I will say, apart from that, I was actually pretty impressed with most of the things I've seen out of that particular facility. So, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. Um,
1: oh, I'll ask you off air what, what place this was. No, yeah, please
0: okay. do. Because, um, hey, we might can get this person on the podcast.
1: Okay. You never know. Yeah. So we'll,
0: we'll, (laughs) we're we're all nervous here.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a surprisingly big community of coaches. And then all of a sudden it gets very small. So, yeah, we'll, we'll talk off air about this. Um, Yeah. So, earlier I mentioned the, the militant coach thing. So, when I was less busy as a personal trainer and I was still, Uh, I was telling the the woman that was shadowing me. So bring it, I remembered. So the woman that's been shadowing me, um, we've been talking about coaching and experience because she's, you know, studying to get her certification. She wants to start coaching. She asks great questions, whatever, whatever. So a couple things. Um, Going back to the posture thing, the crossing the arms, leaning on the wall. My first coaching experience ever was with, the Lady Vols Strength and Conditioning when I was a senior in college. I, I scored a really hard to get internship and <clears throat> sidebar, I blew it. We can talk about that later. I sort of blew it. Anyway, I scored this internship and it was, it was super intense. I was like 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 in over my head. Like it was crazy. Anyway, it was a good experience. Um, but they were super strict about posture and stuff like that, among other things. But like crossing your arms was a no-no. You can't – and I didn't do this. They just – up front, they're like, don't cross your arms. Don't lean on anything. Don't put your hands in your pockets. You can put your hands in front like this, behind your back like this, or you can let them hang, but you can't do – or you can do this, but you can't do anything else. So there's that, among many other rules. So I learned a long time ago that – Going back to the militant coaching thing, some of my favorite mentors over the last 12 years or whatever um, were actually very sweet and very soft-spoken. They they could command a room if they needed to, but they didn't have to, like, crack whips and, like, scream and bark and be, like, crazy. They had respect from their athletes by just being a nice person like stern, like they're going to coach, but they weren't, they they didn't have to like bark at people or whatever. And so over the years, after a number of these experiences and volunteering and shadowing or whatever, there were a lot of these coaches that sort of emulated the kind of character and coaching that I wanted to be. And it also resonated with me as a human being. As a human, outside of coaching, I tend to be fairly soft-spoken and for the most part, mild-mannered. And so it resonated with me. I didn't have to, I didn't feel like I needed to like show up and like start pounding heads right. to make a difference with my clients or my athletes.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I think that probably has its roots in sports-oriented coaching, right? Like football, like wrestling.
1: Mm-hmm. I was a wrestler. I remember it was like that. You it know, was very military. You're,
0: you're traditionally like male dominated sports young male dominated sports and I mean that's kind of where maybe you could say in a roundabout way like where fitness kind of came from sure is you know training for kind of those those harder core uh, sports you right. know where where you had where you had a coach who was militant because <clears throat> You know, maybe there is actually something on the line, right? You know, when you're in the gym for the general population, there's nothing on the line. Sure. So it obviously doesn't doesn't need to, to translate uh, in that in that militant way. Um, do you get uh, what's the word uh, aggressive or I, I, speaking for myself, I sometimes like to get in a, um, let's say, uh, I would call it more of like a cheerleader mode, like a, like a, um, maybe like a hardcore cheerleader. Like a hype man? Like a hype man. Okay. Like the guy in the
1: background is like, oh. A
0: little, a little bit more of a hype man, a little bit more of a cheerleader, because I definitely also like to lean into the aggressive edge of training. I, I do think, and not not to negate anything that you're saying, cause I think 99.9% of the time, 99.9% of the population being just, uh, coming through with obviously compassion and just a level head and all that stuff is good. But you know, I I very much, I'm always the one who brings this up. Like, I love the more primal edge, like meathead, bonehead uh, aspect to, to training or aspect that training brings out. So, um, I can get a little kind of like aggressive hype man style in my... Probably not necessarily like my coaching, but more so like when I'm working out with other people, not even necessarily like a lot of times like what we do, but like when we're, when we're like really hitting yard work hard, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of the closest that you've probably seen it like kind of come out or we kind of playfully be a little competitive.
1: So, you
0: know, I, I very much like to lean into that. Right as well.
1: I would I would say that my as a coach, I'm playfully competitive. So, <clears throat> excuse me.
0: Well, have you tried being strong, Sergeant Blackbird? That's that's being playfully
1: right. And that's sort of a, that's sort of the point. Is I don't have to be like I don't have to be militant, like cracking the whip and be like, Ugh, don't be, you know, whatever. I can just playfully say something along the lines of. Have you tried being strong? Which is, it's tongue in cheek and it kind of, it's kind of poking at them. It's like, hey, you can, you can do it, you know, debab whatever. Do the thing. You can do it. So there's that one. Yep. Witness this fitness is not just a noun or like a, like a, an insignia. Witness is like a, is a verb in my gym. So if you're working out with me in this space, and I say something along the lines of witness. Hey, Zach, I want you to do this, 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 and this, witness. Or this, 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 and this, bangerang. The intention is, more or less, d but get after it. Now, I don't have to say, Zach, do the thing. You know, Ugh, like punching fists, smashing heads, whatever. I can just say, witness is fitness, bangerang. And that's the intention is, get after it, right now
0: membership to Andy's gym should come with a dictionary. It really should. A
1: dictionary of terms. I need to put it on the walls actually.
0: Yeah, like here's here's a pamphlet of the words that we use and what they mean. This is Andy Van's New Webster's Dictionary. I
1: was literally having this conversation today with some clients, a new client, and and Stephen, the one that's been with me for years, and one of my newest clients, overlapped and I was telling Dan, the new client, what bangerang and what witness means. And Steven was trying to help me, and we were like, oh, we need to put this on the wall, like bangerang, noun, or verb, or whatever, and have a definition. And I need to come up with a definition, but the terms witness is fitness, and bangerang in my gym, when you're in there, means get after it. Don't quit, keep going, keep pushing, go hard. And I can be really, you know, kind of nice about it. I'd be like, hey, Zach, I want you to witness, mm. and that's all it takes. And you'd be like, "Okay."
0: I was wondering when you were gonna ask me. To, I need you to
1: witness right to, now. To
0: witness, yeah, man. We need, Yard
1: work is bangering.
0: We need an Andy Van translation book. Yeah. Uh, so that actually reminds me. Uh, next week we'll have uh, Sam on the show, mm-hmm. who works with a lot of youth athletes. A different Sam. From a different from Sam.
1: A week or two ago.
0: Yeah, uh, a different Sam. Strongman Sam. Uh, so I will actually be curious to have this conversation with him because he, okay. he works with a lot of gem pop and youth athletes. And he's, he's kind of a higher energy dude.
1: Okay. And yeah.
0: uh, I'm sure he'll probably overlap on a lot of the same, same ideas that we're going over here. But uh, as it, it seems like kind of from what I've seen from like, what, he's, uh, what he's posted... It seems like the the youth athlete strength and conditioning side of things is a big part of what he does. Hmm. So I'm curious on how he works with with athletes who are actually involved in, in sport and maybe oh. how he kind of toes this, this line. Because he's obviously not the school. He doesn't work for the schools. Right. He's not the coach. I don't even think he's like... I actually, I think for a couple teams, he is the official strength and conditioning sure. you know, team coach. Um, so I'm curious to hear how he approaches all this. I'm I, sure it's probably pretty close. I think
1: he and I are going to have a lot to talk about because I've done this before where I've volunteered as the high school strength coach and worked with a lot of high school athletes in, a, in if I remember right, it was like six different high schools locally. And he and I... Sidebar, he and I actually went to lunch and we talked about this a little bit. Mm. I've worked with, I think, six different high schools and those kids, either as as the head strength and conditioning coach or as an assistant. So I think he and I are going to have a lot to talk about. I'm excited about this one. Yeah, so, yeah It'll, it'll be, be a good, good episode. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, but, you know, again, going back to, like, the sort of mentorship that I got, I had a lot of coaches who were um, very – you know what do they? What's the saying? Speak softly and carry a big stick.
0: Old Teddy Roosevelt.
1: Kind of, kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. Like one of them was like a six foot five Australian guy, oh. but he was soft spoken and he could command the room and the kids loved him. And he wasn't a dick. He was very encouraging. You know, a great coach. He had, you know, he could carry his voice because you know when a bunch of people are doing cleans, you got to be able to scream over all that noise. But not in a, an intimidating way and those kids adored him and they would do anything he asked and he didn't have to crack whips and when I saw that in action I was like this is the kind of coach that I want to be the kind of coach that can command or, I say command, can direct a room and everybody's having a good time and enjoying it and making progress and I don't have to be a dick because I don't want to be it's not, it's not in me to be a dick in the weight room mm-hmm. I just, I'm not going to be
0: Yeah, man. Honestly, I think that's one of the most kind of special things that coaching bestows upon us as coaches is this ability to communicate, to project, to lead in a way that is encouraging, but direct. Right. You know, it's, I mean, it's funny. I a lot of times like out in social situations bars uh where there's a lot of people around I'm natu- I'm very much an introvert and <laughs> I don't cons- cons- maybe opposed to what you might think but I can I've
1: seen you in these situations and I would disagree but okay well
0: I might have some more uh nuance to bring to that particular conversation because i know what you're getting at but um zach talks to everybody well (laughs) not everybody (laughs) sometimes i'm just sometimes i'm just trying to show off for annie everybody just just to show that i can talk to anybody um and i do i do enjoy meeting new people and talking to new people etc but that being said uh my my genetic default, for lack of a better term, is very much introvert. Because 99% of the time, if you were to, like, zoom in on, like, my life, I'm probably reading a book and otherwise being very, very quiet and enjoying myself being very, very quiet. But it's a little bit of a side tangent. I think one of the big gifts that coaching gives us is that communication ability that we can turn on to where we can address something in the room uh, not necessarily loudly but rather directly mm. you know, you know it, there, there could be a loud room, we could be in a loud bar and I could just say hey and the person that I'm talking to knows I'm talking to them Because we've had years of doing this. Sure. You know, music blaring, or you're in a crowded gym, or even a non crowded gym, you know? Um, And I think there's something really special about the process that goes, uh, that happens for an individual for that to manifest itself. Because I know, like, for me, I could not do that before I started coaching, before I started Mm -hmm. working in a gym. Like in no way, shape, or form would that communication style be possible. But it's something that evolved over the course of years mm-hmm. and many hundreds of hours of uh, practice. Sure. And uh, what that you know what that can do for you is uh, very special. And I think you know just this pursuit of anything that you're going for, uh, but but the pursuit of mastery, all in whatever. Lane you so happen to choose always has these these many, many fringe benefits Mm. that you only kind of pick up on after the fact. So, you know, like in your case, owning your own business. Like, you know, I think it's been said that like entrepreneurship is self-development in the context of economics or or, or whatever. Mm. But you know, like you have to develop yourself as Andy Van, if you're a solo entrepreneur especially, to have a successful business. Mm. Same thing like as a coach. Like being a coach has all of these probably dozens of kind of hidden benefits that go on behind the scenes that have to take place for you to become the best coach that you can be. So wherever you're directing your energies, coaching, owning your own business, being an entrepreneur, you know, being a content creator, podcasting, maybe being a parent, uh, fill in the blank. There's all these things when you're on the path to mastery or you're, you're just seriously You know, pursuing something, there's always all these hidden things that are going on behind the scenes. And it's the same thing like for people who commit to strength training. Mm. You know, the, the benefits that people are, you know, gunning for on day one, certainly they can achieve and they can get. But what they realize 10, 20 years down the line is, oh, in the pursuit of this one thing, I have now developed all these other things, mm. and that is ultimately what makes this whole process so special. This process of mastery, this process of committing yourself to something, um, and again, that's why uh, both that's that's why I feel like I'm lucky, where both the pursuit of physical training and the pursuit of coaching are obviously so, so knitted together, it's just so obvious, but each of those have given me, uh, have, have helped me develop amazing skills behind the scenes that again have overlapped each other over the course of years. And, uh, I think you can obviously, uh, agree and, um, and, and kind of understand what I'm saying there. Oh, for sure. Yeah.
1: Um, it, was, uh, it was interesting because um, <laughs> I, was, I was in therapy the other day, <clears throat> and I was talking to my therapist about uh, I was sick and I missed some work. And we were talking about that personal relationship, the personal relationship that I have with my clients. Um, I don't think, I don't think my business runs purely on uh, just transaction. There is camaraderie, accountability, you know, there's friendships, there's, there's relationships in there. And so we were talking about this the other day and my therapist was like, you know, when you were sick, how many do you, of all your clients, how many do you think were just genuinely upset that you weren't around?
0: Probably all of them.
1: Well, maybe, maybe. A few of them.
0: Some people probably enjoyed a day off. Sure, right. But right, right. Yeah, um, but that's a little bit different from. And,
1: right. And going back to what you were saying, as far as like, you know, developing like my persona as a. I think. I think who I am in the gym is that 10,000 hour rule. I think the nuts and bolts of coaching I probably got most of the hang of earlier in my career. Now, I, still, I don't want the audience to think that I have nothing to learn. I do, I have a lot to learn. But the nuts and bolts of coaching I probably got a long time ago. But who I am to, as a coach and to my clients and in my space, That is the 10,000-hour rule. That has taken 10 years to develop. Uh, And I know that I'm not for everybody, but I would say that my personality, who I am as a coach, how I coach my people, how I interact with them, that has been the hardest development of my coaching career than, you know, how to prescribe a squat or sets and reps or whatever. So um, I think that's interesting because the personality of me as a coach was the hardest to form. And I think now I'm starting to like settle in or I've settled in probably for the last couple of years, but yeah, yeah, it it just takes that much time and effort and those many hours to figure out who you are and what you like, who you are as a coach, what your intentions are or whatever.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks for sharing.
1: That I went to therapy the other that,
0: day. That you go to therapy. I don't currently go to therapy, but I have, and um, yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't want that to go uh, un um, un recognized, so to speak. Because I uh, you know, let's let's fill in the blank with our, uh, you know, let's let's normalize mental health and going to therapy sure. and all that stuff. Because hey, let's be honest. Uh, if we could. I think it would be kind of hypocritical to have a podcast where I say something along the lines of, everybody should have a personal trainer, and I don't also say that, "Mm, everybody should probably also have a therapist, too. Right. (laughs) You know, or at least work with one in in some capacity at some point in your life. Uh, So, yeah, so, you know, that that also reminds me, there's um, one of those Malcolm Gladwell books, I think it's Blink, where... If I'm not mistaken, the intro chapter, or maybe even the, what is it? The, the preface? F- the preface? 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 I think it's preface. Fuck. You can call it preface. <laughs> I'm I'm the one over here who calls it pecan, and everybody says pecan. I so, was going to say, I used so to say,
1: instead of compromise, I used to say compromise. I swear I, was, I swear I was a good student. I know it sounds crazy, but I swear I was a good student at some point in my life. Good anyway promise. hey, I could see how you get the preface yeah,
0: the preface I think the preface of the book blink mm-hmm. have you ever read blink yeah.
1: takes a large sip of beer
0: yeah, um, I lost my train of thought as I was taking my big sip. No, it was something along the lines of uh there was a art forger, uh, uh, an artist who f- um, forged. Is that the word I'm looking forged. for? Forged.
1: Forged would be he
0: was like searching for it. Like He was not. He was not foraging for paintings. He forged paintings. <clears throat> right. So in any okay. case, there was all of these. Uh, um, Forged pieces of artwork. Is sure. that the word I'm looking for? Forged. Forged pieces of artwork. And to most untrained eye, there was absolutely like no difference uh, between them. Between the original piece of art and the, um, the forged artwork. But the art experts, or at least some of them, could readily identify the forgeries. Okay. But they could not point out why. Yeah. I think if memory serves me right, it's been many, many years since I, since I read this book, but I'm pretty sure that was the example in the preface of this book is that the art experts who again put in their 10,000 hours of, you know, art critique or, you know, whatever. And, and many more. They could immediately point out the forgery versus the original. Hence the title of the book, Blink. It was in a blink of an eye, you could tell that something was off. Huh. But they could not exactly tell you maybe exactly why interesting. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm getting that that example correct. But I think that that shows that uh That story, that example, exemplifies the magic behind the 10,000 hours versus the book knowledge, which is what, what you were saying before kind of jogged my memory on this specific example. Because you could coach by the book. You could be a trainer who five minutes ago read the manual And can coach on paper, Mm -hmm. so to speak. But then there's someone who has had many years in the fields, who maybe does, maybe on paper the exact same thing, but something is different. Mm. Something is different. There's that X factor. And that X factor is what makes mastery worth pursuing. Right. Because at the end of the day, through the through the internet and, and the ubiquity of, of information, there are no secrets anymore. Mm-mm. Like the, anything that you want to know, you can know in five minutes. So what? what separates someone who's been doing something for 10 years versus someone who's been doing something for 10 minutes? Mm. It's not the knowledge, it's not what's on paper. It's some sort of X factor that is the culmination of years in the trenches, and it's how, it's, I think it's really how the book knowledge becomes filtered through the person expressing it. So going back to the art idea, what's the difference between the original artwork and the forgery? The original artist, that artwork came through them it came through their filter yeah. and then if you're just you know to to change this to a music analogy if it's a cover song it's the same notes on paper sure but it's coming through your filter as an artist okay that you can't fake you can't fake that funk right to the to the trained eye or right. to the trained ear
1: i think that it- only different, I love your analogy, and I, I hate to be like, yeah, but I oh, love sure. your analogy. But I mean,
0: I'm getting a little highfalutin here well, but, for for talking about lifted weights. But at the same but, yeah. time,
1: like, you know, you've read Mike Boyle, right? Mm-hmm. Mike Boyle has this whole, like, quip about, you know, um, before you can become a chef, you have to copy other, basically copy the recipe of, sure. of good sure. chefs before you can become your own chef. And I don't think about that all that often, But I have spent a lot of time, as you have, reading, programming, philosophy, whatever, from a bunch of different coaches. And probably, like, early on in our careers, we probably more closely emulated, you know, this coach or that coach or whatever. But after many, many years of, you know, reading from all these different coaches – you, like you can kind of become your own chef in terms of like how you do things and how you coach a certain exercise and how you combine different exercises, like you know, or whatever. Um, I think, you know, uh, uh, it, it's important to like walk in the same, like walk that footpath of people who have done it before you for a while before you start forging your own. And... um you were talking about books. I was actually, while you were talking, I was thinking about Conscious Coaching by...
0: Brett Bartholomew.
1: Yes, Brett Bartholomew. Conscious Coaching, uh, I thought was a really good book. Friend of the show. Is he?
0: He will be shortly.
1: Sure. All right, we'll tag him. Um, We're tagging him. Brett Bartholomew wrote a book called Conscious Coaching and it basically was how to connect with your athletes in a way that was outside of the nuts and bolts of coaching. Now, I really appreciate that book for what it is. When I read it, I was like, like, well into my career, and so to me, it was like, duh. Like, if you want to make an impact on your athletes, you can't just be a black and white A and B whatever coach. You have to be a human being. You have to give a shit about your athletes and your clients. Um, I think you know, tying it back to what you're saying is. When you're early on in your career as a coach, when you're trying to find your own way, you're trying to figure out who you're going to be, what kind of coach you want to be, it's really easy to like fall into like familiar patterns or try to emulate certain coaches, but after it's only after thousands of hours of coaching that you can kind of find your own way about how you want to do things, the kind of coach you want to be, the kind of friend, partner. Mentor, whatever that looks like, that takes thousands of hours. That's the kind of stuff um, I've mentioned to you before, at least on the podcast, maybe once before. Um, so I do guest lectures at MTSU for kinesiology students, and I'll tell them straight up in my presentation. I have like a, it's like a side-by side of like hard skills that I think every coach needs to know. So like sets and reps volume and intensity, exercise selection, like the textbook stuff. Like, I call them hard skills. And then I juxtaposition that with soft skills. Empathy, listening, uh, you know, being a good human being. The kind of shit I can't teach you. I can't teach you that stuff. I can tell you how to program a squat all day long. But coaching, the art of coaching, or conscious coaching, in Brett Bartholomew's words, The art of coaching is marrying the nuts and bolts of program design with being a cool fucking person to hang out with. Someone that you wanna show up and do the thing with. I can't teach that. That is the 10,000 hour, that's the one. That's that's the holy grail, honestly, to me. Anybody can do the nuts and bolts of coaching. Being the kind of person that people want to hang out with want to do fitness with, that is special. And that takes a long time, a lot of effort, hours and hours in the trenches. That's the kind of stuff I can't teach. That's the magic. Any coach all day long can do whatever. Being the kind of coach you want to hang out with, that's special.
0: Well, as per usual, we're putting the bow on a conversation Fifty-five minutes later, and we didn't even get to the topic that we initially <laughs> Again, that we initially in <laughs> set out to talk ah. about. Well, here we are. I hope you had a good time listening, because we had a good time yapping. I think that's great, man. Yeah. I think uh, you know this is probably a pretty special episode for uh, a maybe our clients to get a little
1: behind the scenes behind the scenes sure. of.
0: The demented minds, <laughs> uh, but also maybe any any coach or any prospective coach who's um, curious on <coughs> what it's what it's actually all about <coughs> excuse me um, because you know it, it's funny these are the things I think these are the the topics and the conversation points that obviously are most salient that are most evergreen. And to bring up, you know, example of something that um, you were talking about off air as we were getting ready. uh, These kind of shiesty Instagram business coaches who are sliding into our DMs who are talking about, Hey, scaling your business, this seven figures, that, right, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, Hey, listen, the scaling or the numbers and all that stuff there's there's a little bit of a learning curve there's there's a little bit of vision there's a little bit of like new skills like bring to the table and that's that's all well and great anybody who's sliding into my dms is probably not going to move the world in that in that respect but what is important I think, are a lot of the principles and the ideas that we kind of uh, rift on today. Mm-hmm. If you're out there and you want to be someone who's a leader in your market, whether that's local, whether that's online, whether that's in a niche, whether that's in a niche demographic, or really, if you just want to simultaneously build a career. And build yourself, if you're interested in self-development. Mm. I mean, ultimately, I think that the sweet spot, and I realize that maybe not everybody in the world has this luxury, but a lot of us do, if you're listening to this, a lot of us have the luxury of knitting our profession with our self development. Mm-hmm. And that's a very special thing that you should meditate on. <laughs> so, cool, man. Well, anything else?
1: Nah. I, mean, I, I think that's it. Cool. And okay. I'm losing my voice, so yeah, we're good. Oh, I,
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I noticed. I noticed things are getting a little raspy there. So, uh, again, another shout out to Zahns Brewing. Mm hmm. I mean listen. Let's Let's point out the elephant in the room. If, I was we, haven't, say if we haven't we have in the
1: room. It's crazy you're going to say that. Great <laughs> minds.
0: Um, it's super cool that we're able to podcast from essentially what amounts to uh, a private venue right. that is a church converted into a brewery yes if you would have told us that a year ago
1: that yeah that would be yeah
0: a little little old so a year ago so a year ago we
1: were just starting this podcast
0: and i think i failed to mention that last week didn't we start the week of january 15th our
1: first published episode was january 15th
0: so that was last week Mm -hmm. so we're now a year and a week into mm-hmm. this thing.
1: And we started with handheld recorders, individual ones. You had one and I had one. Right. We each had our own and we like set them up all funny to make sure that like we could try to capture
0: we I think sound we, quality. We uh, we propped them up on our uh, wallets. Yep. Yep. We did. And cell phones.
1: Yeah. And then inevitably um, Living Waters would turn the music up. It felt like a lot of times.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I they, think so.
1: Now they play great music. They do. They play Oh, yeah, music. it was great. They were, like, but, trying to drown yeah, so, out these
0: yeah. annoying bros. Yeah,
1: I need to go back there. I haven't been back there since, I think, the last episode was uh, with Tanya, maybe? It was the last time I was there.
0: I've been back once, I think, since then. Okay. I, I need to go yeah. back. I'll go back. Yeah. But, right. uh, yeah, a year ago, we were um, we were more intact orthopedically. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's one way of putting it. I
1: suppose we should do some like like year update how well, we're feeling episodes. Yeah, but that, that's in that's in time
0: here in another couple weeks for you. Two or three weeks we're and gonna be doing one year anniversaries.
1: six-ish weeks for me.
0: Yeah.
1: Six or seven weeks for me. Okay.
0: Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. So my my leg break was at the end of February. So another month, it's gonna be a year. Yeah.
1: And then March 18th was mine.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. oh boy! All right, we'll, do, I, we'll update the audience. On I how remember it like it was yesterday. Um. So yeah, um, what a long, strange journey it's been, and it honestly, hasn't even been that long.
1: Not right. Yeah, it's so, nuts.
0: so it's been mostly strange. <laughs> I'm okay with that. So again, thank you to Ken and Janine behind the bar. The beers are amazing as always. Andy, you tried the.
1: It was the barrel-aged oatmeal stout.
0: Barrel-aged oatmeal stout. And it was aged in a... Woodford Reserve?
1: Woodford. Yeah. Woodford Reserve Barrel. Ooh. And it was delicious. Oh, baby. And I will be back for it.
0: I had a taste. Taste is about all I could handle yeah. for, for a Monday. Um, so, again, thank you so much to you guys and to Zanz for the hospitality, for the space. And thank you for listening a to Z, no BS. We'll see you next time.
1: Goodbye. You know what's funny about these sound checks? What's you that? You always tell me to scoot closer to the microphone and every time I, I hear it, I you sound far
0: away. I know, because I don't take my own advice and I, I start talking and I'm leaning back
1: when, well, I, when in, I need
0: to get in close.
1: In fairness, I think that I'm a little loud and I think you're a little soft. So I think we need to like, right. you know what we should do? just put a rope between us like optimal and then that way if i lean back you come closer and if you lean back you know we'd be like tethering each other
0: yeah we should get our nipples pierced and have a chain Uh, oh that would be that would
1: be really good feedback